it feels so quiet and when it's quiet those negative voices like creep into that space of silence and fill it really really loudly welcome to the podcast everybody it's really lovely to have you here my guest today I'm so excited about, I have had so many conversations about this guest's social media post the other day. So it's come up so many times. And my guest today is Elizabeth Styles. She is a fashion and textiles brand consultant. And I'm going to ask you a bit about how you got there in a minute. That's always the first question. And Elizabeth and I, when I shared her post this week, we were chatting a bit in the DMs, just being like, we are both so aware of each other. Yeah. <laughs> But this is our first time having a conversation. So I'm so excited. Thank you for being here. And this is my favorite thing about podcasts that like you get to like connect with people that you're like, I know. Hey, I'd really love to chat to you and you get to do it and make content at the same time. Win-win. So introduce yourself to everybody and let me know a bit or let us know a bit about how did you end up doing what you're doing now? Yes. Hello. Nice to meet you, probably. <laughs> I am Elizabeth. Thank you for the lovely intro. I'm a fashion and brand, a fashion and textiles brand consultant. My background is actually in fashion buying. So I used to work for Next and Miss Selfridge and Asda. So I've done yeah. kidswear and women's wear. Arcadia or Miss Selfridge is part of Arcadia and it's yes. every bit as horrible as everyone says it is. So I was luckily only on maternity leave there but it's one of my most popular TikTok videos saying it was the worst year of my life (laughs) I don't know what that says about TikTok that they love they do love they love a um like a a, 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 story and a bad employment story particularly oh yeah I love it I noticed that so I luckily was only there for a year and then I moved into becoming a sales manager so I was like an account manager, if you like, for different retailers selling into them. And it's unusual that you work in buying and supplying. So it was quite nice to see the whole buying in from factories and then selling into retailers. Mm -hmm. I did that for about five years, which was amazing. But (laughs) everyone was nice. I got paid well. Like it was fine. But I just got I was a bit bored, to be honest. Mm. And I knew that I wanted to leave, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I started thinking about, oh, maybe I could retrain as something and become a yoga teacher, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I was in yoga one night at the end in the lying down position. And I was like, oh, my God, duh. I could literally just do what I do, but on my own. I could teach Mm. people what I know. And I mm-hmm. think because I'd studied fashion, I worked in fashion, therefore my friends were in fashion. Yeah. I assumed that everybody knew what I knew. Yes. And it was like a bit of a wake up call, like maybe some people don't know how to find a factory or how to work with a factory or how to negotiate a cost price mm-hmm. or how to sell. Yeah. So then I started the fashion brand consultancy, if you like. Yeah. And it was very much about helping people start Mm -hmm. but then like 18 months two years into it people were like okay I've got my stuff now can you help me sell it yes and I was like yeah sure (laughs) I worked as a sales manager yeah at the beginning I did have a bit of imposter syndrome about Mm. it so I was like oh I'm I'm just helping people find factories and stuff over here Mm. but really half my career was selling so I realized that I did have some transferable skills yeah I help people with their manufacturing and marketing and mindset 
Nice. And do you have a part of it that has surprised you that you're good at? Is it that bit of the selling bit that has I think surprised so, you? Yeah, because yeah. selling has so many negative connotations to it. Yes. It's sleazy, it's embarrassing, it's yeah. gross, it's weird, it's pushy. And I was like, well, I used to sell and I was really good at selling and I was just nice like yeah. that's it. I just used to go in and chat to the buyers like yeah. I think a lot of it was just getting people to like me mm-hmm. because then if they like you they kind of want to spend time with mm-hmm. you and then if they want to spend time with you you can show them nice stuff and if they like your nice stuff then they'll buy it yeah. and you know being trustworthy and being open and honest about pricing because I had been a buyer I knew yeah. like what they wanted to hear so I was very like empathetic about it and I thought, oh, what about being a nice salesperson or like yeah. it's sort of like where the whole friendly face and fashion thing came from? Yeah. The first time I wrote that down, it felt a bit cheesy. Mm. And I was like, oh, I don't know. But I kind of like alliteration and it does do what it says on the tin. And yeah. Arcadia was so horrible. I don't want anyone to feel like that. Like the fashion mm. industry, everyone in the fashion industry is like that because they're not. And I was like, bugger it. One day I was just, I'm just going to whack it on. And then it's stuck. Yeah. And I really like it. So, yeah, it's just about helping people become financially independent, take their fashion career seriously, because it has got a bit of like bimbo vibes to it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm, roll- I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> yeah. And knowing that you can actually make money working in fashion and it is a proper career. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you say is what is so important about being a human with your selling. Like, yeah, just being I often describe it as like, how do you make friends? Like, what do you do in a social situation? That is literally it. And that's so so I'll give you an example and let's see what yours is. One of the (laughs) one of the things I do in a social situation is I overshare and I overshare because I know that I will repel the people that can't deal with me. They'll be like, oh, my God, you're a nightmare. See you later. I can't believe you just shared that information. <laughs> or they'll be like, oh, tell me more about that. And then I know they're my people. And I've just transferred that. That's how I made I've got two kids who are like 10 and seven now. So this is years ago, but I used to go to baby groups and I would just overshare something. And I'll be honest, mostly I repelled people. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely mostly what happened. But I also made some of my best friends in that and they're still my friends now. So do you have anything like that where you use things that are like just things you would naturally do in a friendship situation to yeah. sell with? Showing really genuine interest in other people. Yes. So you don't want to be, or two things, you don't want to be that friend who you meet at a coffee shop, they rant about their lives at you for an hour and yeah. you go, oh, look at the time, best be off, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's what a lot of people do on social media. They totally agree. People yeah. Rather than with people and like inviting a conversation back, which is yeah. why most people's engagement is bad because mm. at people, not yeah. to people and it requesting some chat back. Yeah. So then it, it you know, it, it's not for everyone. Mm. And the other thing I think is a really dreadful friendship trait uh, is when you phone a friend and you go, hi how are you? What are you up to? And it's just, what do you want? (laughs) Why are you friend me? Why are you here? Like, what's going on? Tell, get to the point. And sort of that sort of moseying around the bush. Mm -hmm. And again, with selling it, you want to be quite direct and tell people what it is Mm -hmm. that you want. And 
get to the point quite quickly so that people understand why you're there yeah I love that I think that's so important I think people feel like they've got to earn the right to sell yeah and also they feel like it's a bad thing to be doing. So they do that whole, like you're saying, like, like you, when you when you phone your dad and you're like, dad, <laughs> like you're asking for permission for something or, yeah. Did you yeah. always, because I think the race, the first time I heard of you was from Vix Meldrew, which I think we've both said we've heard of each other from Fire Vix, yes. who's a wonderful human. And she was talking about the way that you were sharing a lot in a launch. She was saying mm-hmm. that you were posting loads in the run-up to the close of a launch and obviously you just recently I'm trying to remember what the first slide of your post said it was basically like your breakdown of my launch launch in numbers numbers, yes and so you obviously did that post as well Mm -hmm. which which broke down I think the one that sticks out for me for me was like 250 stories or something yeah that's the the stories is always the one that gets people yeah so did that come easily to you sharing at that kind of amount and that frequency or is that something that has developed over time for you definitely developed over time what I probably what I always miss out of my story between working as a sales manager and leaving my job I actually have my own stationary brand and it was very tiny it was all handmade but what it was really I kind of I thought I wanted to leave the fashion industry because I was Mm -hmm. bored of it I wasn't bored of fashion I was bored of the way I was doing it so I was like exploring other things which was actually really great because it allowed me to meet people like Vix or Mm -hmm. like life coaches like Mm -hmm. Sophie French or Mm -hmm. I don't know just other small businesses and I was like oh my goodness I don't I I, I realize I don't have any friends that aren't in the fashion industry I don't think so it was like practice runner running a business Mm. and whilst I was doing the stationery like it was all fine I never really made loads of money but I never really lost loads of money either it was just sort of like wiping its own face and I whilst I was doing it I was like learning about vision boarding and I really wanted to do this vision board workshop I was like Mm. I've done one I can see how powerful it is I want to help share that with other people I could not for the life of me sell these tickets to this vision board Mm -hmm. workshop Mm -hmm. I couldn't give them away literally I ended up like saying if you buy one you can bring one your friend for free nobody wanted this workshop (laughs) or so I thought (laughs) I think what I realized was that I just didn't promote it I was talking about it maybe one story a week in the back to it and I was like oh my gosh I can't talk about it more than that I'm going to be bothering people. I'm going to be Mm -hmm. annoying people. Everyone wants me to shut up. And then I also, so it never went ahead. Yeah. And then I also, a few years later, ran a networking evening where about 100 people RSVP'd Mm -hmm. and one person turned up. Ow! That's worse than nobody turning up. (laughs) Then you've still got to run it. So much worse. Oh, and then also I accidentally bought non-alcoholic beer in the in the run-up. So I mean it was just the worst per- party ever. But I really like that I can tell these stories now because mm-hmm. I do a post like that to say my launch in numbers and it sold this much. But I was yeah. like, remember guys, five years ago I couldn't give away tickets to this workshop. Yeah. yeah. And I have learned from 
painful experiences of one person turning up to my event that I'd never ever want that to happen again yeah and the way I'm going to do it is blast people so that they have no choice but to yeah see that this thing is happening and even then I mean should we read the numbers out and then ask what happened afterwards You might be able to guess if you run courses. Let's have a look. So 1,059 people on the wait list. Yeah. 266 Instagram stories, 55 reels, 15 grid posts, five live interviews, 35 emails, 215, 214, the number of people my mailing list increased by during the launch. And then you had the signups per day, which I really loved and thought was so important. Yeah. And there were six days when nobody signed up mm-hmm. and there were a number of days where it was like three, two, one. And then it like built up right at the end to 28 on the last day. Yeah. And seven people, I think, messaged me the day after all of that saying, I had no idea this was on. Can I join? <laughs> this, this, this. So I get people messaging me. That doesn't happen now. I'm a money coach. when I used to to launch a course on money yeah no it does has happened since I'm a money coach people saying do you run anything on money or after I've launched I ran a I used to run a money course before I was a full money coach and people would message me after I'd been selling it and selling it and selling it and feeling like I was just like bothering them non-stop like I was rubbing their face in my launch and people would go I don't suppose the next day the next day anything on money do you (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> I do sort of sneaking them in the back door if you don't mind yeah, you know, if you've yeah. Got I've also door. had I've had someone message me and say like do you do you know any good money coaches <laughs> That's what, like, what does that mean <laughs> me so, like yeah and someone like <laughs> I have had that someone like you but for something else it's like you know better than you, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, Um, but yeah it's amazing you've just got to sell through the silence which was the message that I put on the post it feels so quiet and when it's quiet Mm. those negative voices like creep into that space of silence and fill it really really loudly with nobody wants to hear from you shut up everyone's unsubscribing everyone's unfollowing which seems like that but yeah meanwhile there are other people following and other people yes. subscribing yes and it's just I don't know whenever I look at my stats pretty much it's a two to one of if two people follow me one person will unfollow me mm-hmm. it, it could be a hundred three hundred it doesn't really matter it's always this two to one ratio. So interesting and uh, obviously we always focus on the one of all the people leaving we don't we don't look yeah. at the people who are coming in we're just like ah losing followers like yeah no tomorrow but I don't know I think it's just a mental game of resilience to know that those voices aren't true I literally just like snap my fingers if I can hear them and just Mm. like just snap literally snap out of it sort of thing yeah or I go on a walk I'll listen to affirmations I'll do anything just to push through it push through it the worst bit is the middle bit like if you're in a launch specifically because the beginning is already exciting because some people come in to get any early bird things then during the middle it just goes completely dead yes that's exactly where I am right now 
Okay, keep going. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, um, do you know how many times I've gone sell through the silence, Rach? Sell through the silence. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I actually had a screenshot on my phone of the sales pattern of my last launch, which mm. basically looked like a, a J. If you think, imagine what a J yeah. looks like. So some people come in, it dips and then goes up again. Yeah. And it just said, do not give up. And I just kept looking mm. at it on my phone like, okay, okay, let's go again. Let's yeah. go again, go again, go again. And what else did I do during that time? I think I re- I process things externally. So yes. I'll always book in little swapsy style chats with my other business friends yeah or I'll be like can I just talk at you about yeah. my launch for half an hour and you can talk at me for half an hour about whatever it is that you want but I can't have a coach <laughs> for every single hour of the day <laughs> so I'm gonna have to get creative yeah about who I can talk at so people, my friends are like Catherine at Resilient Retail Club mm-hmm. Lucy Hitchcock like people just who totally get where I'm at have sold courses or on like digital products before and appreciate my pain I guess yeah and it's that thing isn't it of like sometimes I talk a lot in my stuff about how we can we make things about us that are actually business issues so sometimes sometimes in your launch there will be something you need to tweak there could Mm -hmm. be something that's not working that you're like oh actually let me look at that but when we make it like oh god it's too and, and I am obviously going to say this but I get really fed up with everyone going oh it's because it's too expensive it's because it's too expensive you're like no it, it isn't it, it isn't is. you've not justified the value properly exactly something's completely different and you're starting to make it about you because it's too expensive it's, oh I got something wrong I've got it wrong they're not going to yeah. connect with me all of those things and it's actually like the selling through the silencing matters so much because it's also about taking and this is exactly what you're saying like with your clicking of your fingers and your like going for a walk getting the stuff out of you as much as you can you are taking that focus away from you and continuing to put it out there which is and it's so hard Lucy Sheridan I remember really early in my business I saw her talk and she talked about holding the stair with this stuff Mm. it's such a good phrase because it is that thing of just being like let me look it in the eye I've got to keep looking in the eye yeah because say today I joined your live so if you're in the middle of the launch maybe I don't know what your sales are but say if it's zero today but you have 35 people on that live watching yeah and so they're there they're watching they are hovering because what's tempting is to shorten the checkout window to think well if there's this huge gap in the middle why don't I make it shorter that people need that time to process they need to hear the information and so even though there are days with zero mm-hmm. there's still really important days to like not yeah. convince people because I don't really like that word but to persuade people that it's yeah. right for them or it's not right for them yeah and I think it's interesting because I think the very people that often are like yeah we shouldn't be pressuring people into buying are also absolutely freaking out when people aren't making their decisions quickly <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> they're like yeah, yeah yeah it should like it's really bad when coaches or service providers do that thing of pressuring people but also can you buy now because I'm so <laughs> I actually did this real it probably was years ago now that was quite I mean I say it was really funny and I made it um, but it was saying that how do you buy as a 
consumer and you're looking at something and then your phone rings and then you're looking mm-hmm. at something else and the dinner's boiling over and then yeah. something else and the dog starts barking so the postman's here and you're like oh I really do want that I'll save it next time I'll go onto the website next time oh maybe I'll wait until I get paid and then you buy it that process could take like six weeks yeah but then you post one picture on Instagram nobody buys anything throw your phone out the window and have a breakdown like yep. calm down <laughs> have some patience with people yeah Yeah. Um, I just got two things for my birthday it's a Lulu Guinness bag I know she's a Tory I'm sorry but the bag's amazing and this ring and the Lulu Guinness bag particularly it's the that she does these like they're like carpet bags and this one's a bingo bag oh my god it's like it's like a mint green minty green and they're pink oh my god I love it so much I can't I can't I literally go (laughs) but anyway (laughs) I followed that bag for a year you know it was one of those ones that it follows you so whatever website I was on there was the bag and I was looking at it and by the time I got it I felt like I owned it but it's I spent so long thinking about it because I'd wanted it in a slightly different color and blah 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 blah. but it's that thing of like that bag was with me because of the internet was with me nearly every single day nearly every single day and a a ring which was from oh my god what's it called wolf something they're like yes from them obviously they like curate lots of different things but that because they again followed me around the internet and that was such a good example of like did I get bored of that no I adored seeing that bag because I, and the reason it kept following me is because I kept clicking yeah like I kept going to it and visiting it and like I know that people are gonna be like well I don't want everyone following me around for a year but some people are gonna yeah and the higher the ticket the longer the customer journey yeah and also say with Lulu Guinness and Wolf and Badger they've both got like high digital marketing budget in order to push that to you yes exactly whereas if you don't have that budget you're the one that has to do the pushing yes exactly (laughs) so they're doing it on automation and they're not feeling any of the stuff but we're feeling it as if we are this like algorithm pushing it and I think I personally like there was some a course I was going to sign up for recently no I wasn't going to sign up for I was thinking about it I was very much on the edge and when the person was doing their wait list like promo I was like oh my god I don't think I'm going to be able to not sign up for this and I really shouldn't but it's so good what she's putting out there I didn't sign up for the wait list I don't know why but I didn't I think because I was like Ray you really should not be doing another course right now but then I did think you know what happened she'll tempt me be on the wait list and I never saw another post until the night before it closed and then I was like oh I thought that hadn't come out yet I was still thinking about it a lot yeah for some reason it didn't I'm not on her newsletter yeah on Instagram but I was I was very open to being persuaded I was really aware of it Mm. but when it when I saw the post that was like it closes tomorrow I was like oh well I'm not going to do that that's too I can't decide that now yeah next time but it's really interesting now I'm not saying she didn't post enough maybe like we've said she it was the algorithm she just didn't see it I'm not on her email list I think that really matters because I wouldn't (laughs) have missed it then yeah but it's just interesting how I was so engaged and then it just left yeah and And I a lot of the comments on that post if you need any sort of like reassurance to keep going just go and read the comments on that post Mm. it's like my launch in numbers because so many people said what I never realized it was that many it definitely didn't feel that much from the outside exactly like you said like it just did I didn't see anything I didn't know the course was on and so it gives you a bit of reassurance to keep going absolutely well has there been any journey with your money making in all of this like have you has that been something that you've always felt comfortable like asking for certain prices or anything like that or has that been a journey for you as well 
oh no, it's been a right old journey. <laughs> I think, well, before I left my job, I went on a money and manifesting course mm. online, which was amazing. It literally changed my life mm-hmm. and it made me see money in a whole different way. The fact that money is always replenishing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like growing up, my dad was self-employed. Yeah. So it was very much like we were always fine. But my mum and dad are separated as well. So he would give her like chunks of money. Yeah. But we would never know how much and we would never know like how long it was meant to last mm. because it was all just very much here and there. And in my friendship group, I'm probably the one that's the most cautious with money. And I mm. think they think I'm probably quite tight because they're quite frivolous with money. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not tight. Like, what is this? And doing that course made me realize and made me link the two things together mm. that that is why is because yeah. I grew up with like quite an erratic yeah. uh, free flow of money. Yeah. And so I was always trying to cling on to it. Mm-hmm. But then when you try and cling on to it, it's not like letting the flow and yeah. uh, all of yeah. that good stuff. So I I didn't even know what money mindset meant or like money blocks. Like, yeah. honestly, that whole language was new to me. Mm. And it really helped me leave my salary to know that money can replenish because I was like, mm. why would I leave like tens of thousands of pounds on the table for effectively nothing? <laughs> <laughs> because I have no clients no Mm. nothing and I still did it anyway but I think it was about this mind over matter thing Mm. and I read the Jen Sincero book you're a badass at making money which is just like the bible of money mindset Mm. and in that there was two things that happened in that she said women in particular always think that they will earn less but they never make the consideration that they could earn more than what their salary is. If at the best, we're like, oh, it would be lovely if I could match my salary. That's the the, always what people say. I just want to match my salary. Yeah. Match my salary. Because it's what you know. Yeah. Then is that maybe fear of the unknown? I don't really know. I was like, oh my God, I never even considered earning more than what I earn in my salary. Yeah. And then the other thing is I was listening to this podcast about a girl who had left her job and she said, why would I only want to get paid 12 times a year? I want to get paid every day. Yeah. And she just sort of threw it out. I was like, that is actually a possibility. Again, yeah. never, ever considered it. And so these things started happening. And my one-to-one work like got more regular. Mm. And I was doing it on Zoom and doing it in person. And then obviously when lockdown happened, the in-person stuff got taken out. Mm. And I was like, what can I put in there instead? Mm. And that's where the courses came from. Mm. And before I sold courses, my one-to-one work was probably like, well, it was a hundred percent of my income. Yeah. Now I would say it's more like thirty percent of my income. So the course <laughs> just like flipped it on its head. I was going to say, has that had a positive impact on your earnings? Has that meant it's gone up, or has it sort of replaced it in kind? No, it's gone up quite. I <laughs> assume you say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it was really scary selling courses because mm. it's. So there's so many things like you're taking on huge responsibility for large amounts of people yeah you have to be constantly generating new leads because it's a numbers game so you're always 
needing to speak to a cold audience and when you speak to a cold audience like they don't know you and they don't know your story they don't know what you're about they don't know your credibility so that was quite a scary like mm. acceptance I guess that came along with committing to being like this is now going to be a big part of my income and was that more of that mind over matter thing that you're talking about for you just like really digging into managing that internal chat I guess so yeah yeah I never liked working in the corporate world because I didn't like having responsibility I was just Mm. like I don't want that like I just want an easy life I was really chilled like I used to get it told in my reviews all the time saying you know it looks like you don't care like when you're walking around the office you walk quite slowly you you don't ever look like you've got purpose about you I know and I was like you can't even walk right (laughs) and there was this girl I remember this girl who was the complete opposite to me she was like a headless chicken and mm. everyone loved her and I was like I am much more productive than her do you realize that yeah. I just don't show it I'm just like yeah on they liked her and I think when I had that when I heard all of this I was like I'm never going to be her and so therefore yeah. I am this is not the place for me and I, yeah. I'm soon after that but I did just jump from like corporate career to corporate career mm. and realizing that it was that that I didn't care about I don't care about making helping you make money I help yes. make I like helping people yes. make money rather than yeah. like corporations I totally hear you I used to watch home and away on YouTube a lot in my job where's and, um, this going <laughs> I, I just used to sit there watching it and I got caught because I didn't care like I, oh. I, yeah, I just used to sit there watching it and be like and the, the um, manager was like are you watching home and away I was like, maybe yeah yeah because I just didn't I was just I not a good I'm not I like I thought I was so lazy yeah I'm so lazy and now it's the opposite situation where it's like Ray Calm stop down. working yeah. <laughs> go and watch home and away <laughs> yeah I really recommend old reruns of Australian soaps I'm very <laughs> very into that reliving my teenage years I was going to ask as well as your income's increased has there been any like stuff that's cropped up for you mindset wise or like has there been any adjustments have you ever found yourself like just feeling like oh this is like this feels like a lot like this is expanding like has that bothered you or has it been very much something you've been able to take in your stride and just allowed to happen Mm, how am I gonna answer that when I hit six figures yeah I didn't know that I'd hit six figures Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's probably because I've not got a huge amount of interest in cash flow. He said to me, which is very true, I'm very, very good at getting people into my funnel. And Mm -hmm. I focus at the top of the funnel like a lot and probably like top line. Even in life, I keep things quite, you know, like conversations. I'm probably Mm -hmm. the the opposite to the mum to you. (laughs) Where it's like, oh, you know, I'm not really, I'm not that deep in all honesty. (laughs) I do kind of keep things quite surface. Mm. and I think it like plays out in lots of different areas and that's maybe one of them my friend is very much like deep in the numbers like analyzing everything and she was like how can you not have known like how can you not have known that you'd hit six figures and I was like I honestly like just look at each individual month and I hadn't sort of like Mm. um, like pulled back and looked at it so that was one thing. I really, really struggled with going VAT registered as well because, yeah. because I'm not great with numbers. I didn't realize, I mean, it's obvious when you say it out loud, but it just hadn't occurred to me when you're like in the thick of it. 
that if you're turning over £80,000, in order to make the same amount of money, you have to make £100,000. And so then there was that gap. I mean, really want to earn quite a lot over for it to be worth Yeah, it's a really sticky spot to be in that yeah in that amount. It's really sticky. Yeah. And maybe because it was well, like when I hit six figures, it was like just yeah. I, I didn't feel rich at all. I mean, obviously I still don't now because I'm I'm like hovering around that gap. And so it doesn't feel great to be honest. So this is such an important conversation. I do say this quite frequently, but I'm gonna say it again. This is one of my issues with the like whole, it's so funny because I was just doing a podcast before, like a solo episode, just being like, let's stop judging everyone for the six figures. That is true. But at the same time, a hundred grand is not the easiest spot to be in in your business. No. It's this big like be all and end all that everyone's after. It's not far off the 10K month thing, which is another thing everyone talks about. But because of exactly in this country anyway, with the VAT stuff, it does mean, and also you're generally making enough money that you need support, but you're not making loads of money to pay that support. <laughs> yes. like, it's, it's you're describing not, my life. <laughs> yeah, it's not the easiest spot. And I think it's really interesting. And you said this about, I think it was Jen Sincero's book about how women often aim a little bit too low. Yeah. We need to be, like, this is my my like truth bomb. We need to be aiming for over, way over a hundred grand. Way over. Yeah. 200 grand has is a very different space yeah very it's like really spacious even 100 to 150 not so much yeah in my own experience and you have to have a completely different business model so what I say to clients sometimes also sorry if you can hear the rain it's really loud like it's raining quite loudly here oh my god this Um, November (laughs) is what got me here isn't going to get me there Mm. and so not like sounds really dramatic to be like oh I think I'm gonna have to almost start again but I'm definitely going to have to implement a new strategy to get me well over the 100 yeah. mark. I think it's a real mixture as well, because I think one of the things that can happen, this is another sticky part of the 100 grand thing, is that sometimes we can get rid of everything that got us there, like the yes. magic that got us there. Yeah. But you're right, there is also like, there's always this new layer I find of, let me take this thing seriously. Like, I don't know if yeah. you get this where I'm like, have I just been playing at this? What am I doing? Like, of course, we've not just been playing at it. VAT registered making six figures like but it feels like no there's another layer to this and I think there's Mm -hmm. it's getting that balance between like let me remember what I'm brilliant at and hold on to that and move in some operations (laughs) yeah (laughs) and some support and like yeah definitely I think that's why like and I've definitely I've been hovering between 100 and 200 grand for a while and it's something that I'm really looking at that's not like that's something I talk about on the podcast all the time but that's something that's I'm looking at kind of exactly how to get over that kind of hump because I think it's a very sticky spot yeah definitely I think that's kind of goes back to that putting people into the funnel Mm. I was just focusing on like getting people in yeah rather than like looking at what happens when they're there and that's so say for example my podcast is on hold in November 2022 because like something had to give in order to start implement all of these systems behind the scenes and opt-in pages and thank you pages and things like that I just when you said earlier like what you were you know you're sort of playing at having a business it very much felt like that so for the past year I felt almost like my business was on water and now I'm like Mm -hmm getting it onto land yeah so it's just a bit more 
calm or not even calm just organized probably yeah I'm I'm quite an organized person generally but it's more like when tech is involved I get a bit like (laughs) oh I hear you I definitely definitely hear you yeah okay cool so what I tend to do so thank you so much for sharing all of that I think this is going to be so helpful to so many people what I normally do because we're kind of at our time is I normally ask a few like rapid fire questions at the end just three first one is finish this sentence money is magic nice I don't think anyone's ever said that that's I love that answer number two oh have you got any recommendations of like a good book you've read recently doesn't have to be a business one but it can be or if not a podcast or something else that you would recommend super fans by pat flynn oh i've not read that one but i've heard that really, good, really good i might reread that actually mm, nice and then this is a slightly different question you can only eat one food for the rest of your life what are you going for can i say thai food that's what I do <laughs> I'm like Mexican food <laughs> yeah yes you can say that because I, I do it yeah <laughs> I t- it tends to be bread mashed potato or some kind of world cuisine <laughs> mm, the bread does nothing for me you know <gasps> really I know. yeah but no my friend told me off the other day she was like you need to stop saying that sliced bread does that oh, for you right yeah like sandwiches not oh. bothered wraps like I honestly what about so what but like freshly baked buttery bread yeah I'm oh. a sugar I'm a sugar person <laughs> yes <laughs> Fair yeah. enough, fair enough French toast cool well thank you so much can you tell everyone where they can find you yes I'm at Elizabeth Styles, and it's styles with an I not a Y I'm not related to Harry Styles. Oh. How disappointing. <laughs> Although, Ooh. best not though. Best I was going to say, I think it's actually a good thing because then I can yeah. <laughs> be single now. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> thank you for asking me on. It's a pleasure. Oh, it's so nice to chat to you. And thank you everybody for listening. We'll have all Elizabeth's details in the show notes and you can find out more about her just there. Thank you. Mm-hmm.